Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's here. He's right I, over there. I can't believe it. How'd you get this guy? I have no idea. There is me running the boards because Joey Dees is on assignment. But also, we will always have the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Skin up. Have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Yeah, more. Uh, or you can just search BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, <laughs> iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Yes, so many ways to find us. And on today's show, I'm very excited because we'll be talking with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach about San Diego Comic-Con news and rumors. We're going to get a little bit of uh, BJ's impression of the boys. The boys. And we're going to go into space talking the Orville and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yeah, and like I said, yeah. obviously the geek sheet with Vicky B. So definitely people get a hold of us however which way you can. And let's actually start this off with our good friend, Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach. Von Kallenbach! Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed in Review, that is SKNR.net. And you and I have been going back and forth a little bit, both on air and off air, kind of wondering what's going to be happening at San Diego Comic-Con because the news had been fairly light about what's going on, but it seems now things are starting to ramp up and some big names are going to be hitting it up. Absolutely. And see, we'd heard a lot of rumors and there was always this whole thing about there's kind of a, you know, quote unquote embargo about they don't really start flooding out the news and the invites to the press until a certain date. We do know that the new Lord of the Rings series is going to be featured there and is going to do a Hall H panel. And not only did we get a press release about this that I put in for uh, interviews, so we'll see if that happens. But um We've started to get some pictures. They are always telling people, don't post your badges online because <laughs> you don't want people copying them. But apparently, the artwork for the show is on the badges, at least the images of the four-day badges I've seen. Ooh. So you're seeing a lot of push there. Um, lots of other stuff, too, but that is the first really big shoe to drop. That's kind of interesting, too, because the Rings of Power, which is going to be the prequel, has also shown the new look of the orcs. They've released that in the in most recent news as well. And, I mean, they look like Lord of the Rings orcs, so that seems kind of fine on that end. Absolutely. And, see, and this is a good thing, too, because uh, Prime Video, as Amazon likes to call their streaming service, uh, is going fairly all out. I mean, they're going to be there for this. There's some hope that maybe, um, you know, some of their other shows might show up. We don't know. But one of the things that's interesting is if you've not gone, I think you've seen me do photos of this, mm -hmm. is that they reskin the light rail service, and the light rail goes literally right in front of the <laughs> convention center, and they do them up. And, like, in years past, you'd get some of the CW shows, some of the Fox shows, that sort of thing. So the trains are all decorated out. Well, we had one done up like a school bus for Abbott Elementary. So I look at that oh, and go, nice. okay, ABC is probably going to be there promoting their shows. This has been common in the past that some of their, you know, not sci-fi shows per se would be there because it does go beyond that. But we're hearing that some of the prime video shows and, you know, we're seeing some people have said there's a She-Hulk poster up on the gas lamp district. They line up some of the uh, street signs and it has the Comic-Con logo. So while Marvel may not be doing the big Hall H, 
looks like they might be having some kind of presence with this. And I, of course, have speculated about some of the more, you know, alien and predator-themed comics. But we're starting to get a little bit more and more news each day, or at least rumors. And that's really intriguing. I mean, just the simple fact that we've been able to see some Marvel stuff, even with like She-Hulk, which means they're going to have to do some of the promotions on that. I mean, this last week was the uh, 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 the ending of uh, Obi-Wan, so I'm hoping maybe some Star Wars stuff. And I know that they usually save that for like Star Wars Celebration or maybe even like D23, but you got to give some tidbits for everybody. Exactly. And see, it's still very vague as to what their presence is, they being Disney's presence is going to be. But traditionally, on the main floor where they have this massive, massive vendor hall, and anybody who's followed us has seen the pictures and videos, Mm -hmm. they traditionally have this, I don't want to call it a temple, but a large uh, (laughs) display. And it has everything from toys to collectibles. Sometimes they have, like, interactive things. Like, you got to go up there for The Last Jedi and pose with some props and a lightsaber. They had, like, the Millennium Falcon con. Uh, cockpit one year so they they have stuff like that and that's like a big center point of star wars and then there's some various little side booths around that so they're going to be doing the preview night which is the short thing on wednesday night where normally it's just the floor being open for the shoppers and stuff like that i think we'll get a kind of a clue there but they're also very good about not always tipping their hand that night and waiting until the actual show starts the next day i think if I had to roll the dice, I think we're probably going to get mainly pushing of merchandise and upcoming toys uh, because there's someone else and there is the D23 Expo. Mm-hmm. But maybe like a comic book <laughs> at the Marvel booth, uh, something along those lines. I think they talked up very heavily what they had at Star Wars Celebration. But I think it is safe to say there will be a Star Wars component. I just think it is likely more in the in the guise of merchandise than an actual presentation. But who knows? You know, they could surprise us all and say, oh, by the way, we're doing something for Andor. Or we're doing something yeah. for, uh, you know, uh, Clone Wars Season 2 or maybe, you know, uh, who knows? Or uh, the one thought I'm leaning toward are activations, Rev, I think. That is something I'm really intrigued over the possibilities of. And uh, have you heard anything about what what uh, is going on with that? No, not at all. What what is going on? Okay, so basically, for those who don't know, activations are also called pop ups. They're also like little oh. interactive mazes, stuff like that. Okay. They tend to be around. Uh, they've had some really good ones in the past. They've had some for the Expanse. I remember a really good one for the original Suicide Squad. There was one for American Horror Story where you literally laid down on this uh, slab, for lack of a better word, <laughs> and they slapped a VR helmet on you and gave you some various creep-out scenes. Um, we've been told that we haven't had a lot of specifics. I know Prime Video has been uh, one who's done it. At Comic-Con Special Edition, there was a very light TV presence, but Peacemaker had one where, like, you could go through his trailer. Uh, you saw the one for La Brea where, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw the pit, where I'm standing over the pit, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. I have been told that there will be more of them than usual this year, but several may be smaller in size. So the idea is that where they took up one activation, they may have two or three in the same footprint, 
and the belief is that you will see more uh, variety than you've had in years past. So we're very curious to see, is this going to be companies who weren't able to get in, or is it a case of companies are going to say, we want to promote this, this, and this now? And, I mean, that even makes sense in terms of you're just talking about, like, the VR thing, too, because, I mean, VR lends a whole bunch to those not having to be, like, a full experience in terms of, like, taking up a whole lot of room. Like you said, you could slap someone in like a, totally in just like a, a, a VR helmet and put them into a booth or something and have them go through an entire experience of what they want to do carefully curated. And it's literally just having them slap on an Oculus Quest 2 or something. Exactly. And there are various rumors going around too. Obviously, this time of year, rumors fly. Mm-hmm. There are often free events like across the street in Petco Park. They put up something There's like a little park behind Hall H, and these are often, as are some of the things on the street, available to people who don't have a ticket to the show. Now, somebody is telling, I've heard rumors that someone has said, and, you know, I want to be very clear, unsubstantiated, someone is saying like, well, Paramount Plus and Disney Plus or, or D23 are doing something, but they're for members only. Oh. And... It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking this with a grain of salt because there are so many things there, and not everybody, even the media, doesn't get in everything. I mean, I've talked about there's this massive boat that TV Guide does behind the marina. It's filled with all these stars, and it's, like, very, very, you know, hard to get any even a whiff of getting on that list. But, you know, what when I told someone, I said, you got to think of it like this. The D23 in 2019 – they had a sign-up booth right there to sign people up for Disney+, Plus, which hadn't launched yet. I said, when you're telling people it's the members-only thing, it could be simply to keep the numbers at bay. There is still Ooh, a pandemic yeah. going on. They might not want three- to four-hour lines of people trying to get in it. And also, it could very easily be this, oh, you're not a member? Well, sign up for this free trial and come on in, just as a way to get people <laughs> sign up so you know in that it's not a pay for play and that you know that isn't uncommon there are private parties there are certain events where they say oh do you know are you a member of this and that and you know it could be that and who knows i i look at it as saying we're seeing in theory a large number of um companies coming back and i'm intrigued by the idea of paramount plus because it's like if true are you pushing Halo? Are you pushing Star Trek? That would make sense to me. Uh, and, you know, what else do you have? And well, <laughs> I think this is the key. Well, I, I mean, Gareth, at this point, I think, uh, as as they should, they're just going to be uh, pushing Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I mean, that's the only big thing out there right now. I mean, come on. <laughs> and, you know, here's the funny thing about it. Uh, word, some of the advanced previews are starting to come in. It is supposedly extremely well-reviewed from those who've seen it already. They said just glowing reviews for it. So, And, you know, and it's funny. People forget Beavis and Butthead do America. I remember Siskel and Ebert, you know, guys who you wouldn't think would be target audience, flat out thumbs up said, that's a funny movie. (laughs) And that is really appealing because you had people that wouldn't watch the show Right. Found the humor very crude and off-putting. They love the movie, and the fact that this one's getting good early word, 
It very happy to hear. Oh, yeah, I'm really stoked about that. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, and I'm really excited to see what's going to come from San Diego Comic-Con. I know that you're going to have all the information as we go along with that, so definitely check out Skewed and Reviewed. People can find that at sknr.net, but search just on the old Google's Hall on the social media, and you can find it. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Now we need to talk about some television, and uh, The Boys is at about, <laughs> mm, let's see what, this is like episode, uh, I think we're at episode six at this point in time. Yes, we are. We're uh, For for those kids, uh, today is the day that episode six drops. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to talk about that one, and we're just going to kind of, I want to get, you know, BJ's impressions of, the, of this season so far. You don't want to talk about Herogasm, episode six, based on I'm, the, the insane yeah. comics? I'm... Mm. Warning everyone about oh. Herogasm. Yeah, this is uh, one of those ones you don't necessarily want to watch. If you're watching the show with your mom, um, well, why? yeah, A-Y, but also maybe just pass on this episode um, because uh, I can't even say the full warning that they've said out there. Just go to their Facebook yes. or Twitter. This episode does depict a massive soup orgy, hmm. lots of other things going on in there, and cursing. It is not suitable for any audience. So get any. ready to get awkward. And people, is, that's what it said? It's not suitable for any audience? For any audience. That's what wow. they put onto it. So wow. uh, you know what you're getting into on that. And we will talk about this this episode next week. Uh, not in extreme details. Maybe just our reactions on how we feel about this whole thing. And you think they couldn't have topped episode one of this season, but they're <laughs> going to. Yeah, they are. Which also, we were very vague when we talked about that. But mm. BJ, you've been on assignment for a little while. What do you feel about these first five episodes so far of uh, The Boys? I like what they're doing with it. It's definitely different than the books, obviously. Yeah. And uh, especially with Black Noir, his whole story is completely different. Oh, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, completely different. And um, I like also with Soldier Boy how... I, there's a Winter Soldier feel to him. Which, oh, totally. If Winter yeah. Soldier and Captain America had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, don't remember that from the comic either. So uh, it may have been, it's been a while since I've read the comics. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm digging it. It's, uh, you know, some people may get a little upset at some of the storylines. It might be slightly political, but, yeah. uh, you know, and, and and I, you know, I, I look at I can I think a lot of us are fatigued with just having to be involved on any sort of political situation. So even still uh you can understand you, you know the the pretty much uh, power absolute power going to your head yeah. and uh you know Stan Egger uh losing you know losing his position and you know who's worse is Stan worse than uh you know Homelander or not uh and 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 why haven't we seen any uh you know chicken restaurant franchises or I just want to see <laughs> Gus is it just because I want to see Gus? Gus it's a wrong All series right, man fine. where's I- the dark blade where is the dark blade I want to see the dark wow. blade I, don't, I, mean, I have a fan theory that he's actually going to have superpowers too it would be interesting to see if that would actually be the case uh one of the things i did like about this episode with soldier boy when he's walking around the city and looking at stuff like everything's changed he looked at like the the banner of like i think the mayor or whatever well that mayor played like a huge part in supernatural the actor oh really so he kind of looked at him and like Oh, like, so there's oh, some whatever. real fun Easter eggs too. If you're a, if you're a supernatural fan. Oh yeah, he plays Secretary of Defense Robert A. Singer, played by Jim Beaver. 
<laughs> funny. Uh, but I, I was like, oh, yeah, Jim Beaver's in this. And then when I saw him looking at the uh, banner of him, I was like, hey, <laughs> there's your buddy. That's awesome. And it really it's it's leaning towards like uh, they're really putting all their eggs into the basket that uh, Soldier Boy can be the one to take out, uh, take out Homelander and. I'll have to see. We'll have to see where this really actually goes at this point in time. Because I mean, for the most part, whenever they've had a good plan, when it comes down to it, it has uh, epically fallen apart. Well, yes, it has. I feel like uh, it's going to yeah. start to fall apart for Homelander though, too, because now that oh, yeah. Edgar's not there, he thinks he's basically CEO. He just has he Ashley there to kind of he do. Has, he knows nothing of business. No, yeah. and so even freaking the deep decides I'm going to fire everyone oh. in this department because they've maybe posted some tweets that weren't, you know, you know co-worker friendly or whatever so they're going to kill it on a business level the deep is so frustratingly stupid mm-hmm. yeah, on just is. so many levels but you yeah, know i love but I, you feel I, bad for him sometimes though too yeah i mean uh, like you when, can with the whole like uh, what was his name todd trevor the octopus oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i was just right, like fair oh that's awful. This yeah, the, show, this show yeah. goes to some extremes. It really man. does. It, 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 the fact that it can make you feel bad about uh, someone who really is just deplorable, like the deep. Yeah, uh, you know, because I'm with Vicky. It's like, oh, that was a tough scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also feel bad for Homelander. And there's so many people. Really, you can sit back and go, "Wow, why am I liking some of these people or having empathy for them?" I, I, uh... Side note: Right before I watched this last episode, I had finished binge watching Stranger Things, mm-hmm. so it was really funny to see Paul Reiser again. Yeah. Such a diff- legend. Play such a different character. It was just cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, they, he was good. I liked him. Oh, as yeah. that, that, when that he popped off that. his leg, I was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. So, yeah, uh, just get ready for Herogasm, everyone, and you'll hear Oof. us somewhat try to talk about it maybe next mm. week. We'll see how Probably. that works out. Probably not. Now, moving off into space, BJ, uh, how, how, much, uh, how deep have you gotten into the Orville? Um, I haven't watched the latest episode uh, okay. since you know it dro- it just dropped yesterday um but I am three into it and uh it's uh it's good the it, what people have said about season three of the Orville New Horizons it, which has switched from Fox to Hulu so it mm-hmm. looks beautiful they've got a lot of you know great effects and oh, nice. definitely a bit of, uh, uh, it seems a bit more of a budget uh but people have said it's gotten more serious and less funny. And that's what I've, a lot of folks on Facebook have, have oh. been commenting mostly about. And uh, yeah, the first episode was definitely a heavy, uh, a heavy episode, and um, and the the second one was semi serious too. Third one was a little bit uh, like a Twilight Zone episode, uh, and it, it, it was a great callback to uh, an earlier situation they were in. Uh, but it was it was fun. Is it was a mystery. It's like what the hell is kind of going on here? Episode. Fun. Uh, it, it 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 feels like it could very well be just an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. As yeah, the humor is. There's some humor. Uh, mostly, it seems like Scott Grimes's character is the guy that does all the humor on that show, uh, and as, as Lieutenant Malloy and. Yeah, I um, but I'm liking it. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a space show done well, uh, and uh, and of course we've got this idea that you know there's the there's the Kalon who Isaac's robot people are still trying to kill everybody. Yeah, uh, they survived that at the end of season two, but the Kalon is still trying to kill everybody. Uh, so. Where, we'll see where this leads us, but yeah, it's a, it's a well done show on Hulu, and uh, you know drops every week. And as I said, I missed, I haven't seen yesterday's episode yet, but look forward to watching it, buddy. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy the fact that they've been able to, you know, uh, a continue on on Hulu mm-hmm. and b not get like neutered in the budget because you never know what's going to happen when you switch from one service to another. 
Yeah, and I don't know if this is the last season or not. I've heard conflicting situations about it because they can say it's the last season, but I mean, if it does well, I, mean, right. I would imagine Hulu will be like, "Hey, we'll 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 let you do another few episodes," but we'll see. Uh, well, uh, unless unless they end it in such a way that's like, yeah, they're not going anywhere. Uh, there's no way they can do another season, but. <laughs> I think that would have to be like that have to kill everybody. I think. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I mean that's the only way I would think think of. You yeah. Know, you know, I mean, a mission goes on if there are still people alive. Well, moving on from a Star Trek like show to a actual Star Trek show, Strange New Worlds. A lot of people have been stating that they really like this in terms because it feels more like a Star Trek show than some of the newer fare. How are you feeling on this? Yeah, I can. It's very lighthearted. Uh, compared to, you know, Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, episodic, so there's no big story arc. The characters will evolve from episode to episode, which is different than the original series and even Next Gen and Voyager for the most part. Uh, And and the reason was, back in the day of syndication, you you just didn't know how your shows would be run. And this is why, as mad as you would get at Fox for what happened uh, to... uh, Trying to think Firefly? Of Firefly, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as mad as you want to get at Fox, the idea was as Fox is like, look, they're supposed to be self-contained episodes, so no matter how we run them, it's not a problem. Because uh, that's what they expected from television back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine was the one that broke the mold and got into trouble because they weren't supposed to do that. They weren't supposed to have a Dominion story arc, and yet they did it anyway. They said, we don't care. We think the fans will love this. And we did. And luckily, pretty much every episode was run in this correct order well and that uh, was i mean that really saved the series because it was called deep sleep nine for a reason and yeah it, it took a while to get going and i tapped out i tapped out early into it because it didn't have that vibe and just watching it i was like well there's not a whole lot going on in this deep space station i'm not too interested and so many people have talked about how good the dominion war is and i never went back to that and never got to you know see that when it was out originally there is a list online, uh, Rev, if you ever decide you want to visit, where it's just the quintessential Ooh. Dominion-based episodes, and they'll yeah. tell you just every one's to watch so you don't have to sit through the crap. Uh, and look, <laughs> there, there was crappy episodes like in every you know 24-episode season show. There's of always Of course, crap. yeah. I mean, that's just like when yeah. you look at it now, when you've got to put out that many episodes, some aren't going to be filler. Strange New Worlds has been fun. You know, people have had some complaints because, well, it's the internet. Everybody complains. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's a great, uh, it, it's a, you know, Anson Mount does a great job as Christopher Pike. Uh, you, you just you just love what he did when we first saw him in season two of Star Trek Discovery. And you're like, okay, we want more because you saw young Spock. You saw uh, number one who never really had much of a, a backstory at all. They've given her a good backstory and uh, Rebecca Romaine has done a great job playing her. Uh, Though there's some breakout stars, uh, Nurse Chapel. Ironically, the character of Nurse Chapel and the character of Number One were played by the same actress back in the '60s. Yeah, uh, but of course, they're two different characters now existing in the same world. So there's two different actors playing it. Jess Bush is just delightful as uh, as Nurse Chapel, and there was a thing between her and Spock in the original series, and they are diving into that. And oh, and interesting. Some people say one of the most passionate kisses 
kisses in the history of kisses just recently happened on an episode. Wow. Uh, and it did involve Jess Bush, and it did involve Ethan Peck as Mr. Spock. Wait, um, so Spock's not supposed to have any emotions. What's going on here, man? He's, he's half human, and he's younger than you've ever seen him, so he hasn't taken what's called the colonar, and that is a procedure in Vulcan, whether it's a ritual or uh, they give you a drug. That's when you officially renounce all of your emotions. Oh. And not too difficult for Vulcans since they were raised that way. But again, Spock is half human and he hasn't done his colonar yet. So he's a little bit more, you know, I mean, you still would think he's a Vulcan. But, you know, as far as other Vulcans are concerned, you're way too emotional, pal. <laughs> um, we get to see his uh, his betrothed, his uh, his wife-to-be, to Pring. And she is, a, I love her in this show. And so there's all this is being done. Not to mention, uh, we get to see uh, a new doctor in the sick bay who was on a couple of episodes, Dr. Mimbenga. And so you saw him in a couple of episodes of the original series. And so they're flushing him out, letting him be the chief medical officer before McCoy comes on board. They have got a legally blind actor playing uh, one of the blind races in Star Trek. Uh, it's an offshoot of the Andorians with the with the blue antenna, and he's their chief engineer before Scotty got there. Oh wow! And, uh, you know, so that's Chief Engineer Hammer, and he does a great job. Uh, and Melissa Na- uh, Melissa Navia or Navia, um, I think, is the unsung hero. She's your uh, helmsman before uh, before Mister Sulu, and she plays uh, Erica Ortegas. And pretty much, man, like all of the great lines and. The funny stuff really comes from her. Um, one of my favorite lines was she's like, hey, Captain, how close do you want me to get to this object? Do you want to be first date or or third date? And then he, and, Pike re- and Pike replies, how about we do blind date? Uh, they've just, it's got that kind of feel in the whole That's show. That's great. I love that. Yeah, it, it is a fun show, Strange New Worlds. It is, I think... You know, man, a great way to introduce somebody to Star Trek, but with all of the great budgets and the great sets, and it looks beautiful. Nice. And they use that big VR wall that it was used in The Mandalorian as used in Star Trek Discovery. And so, Oh, every, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, you've got a young uh, Cadet O'Hara. And playing young Cadet O'Hara is Celia Rose Gooding. Such a good job she's doing as young Cadet O'Hara. So you're seeing some familiar characters, and the rumors are we, we saw Captain Kirk's brother, and because he does have a brother, so Sam oh. was in this in an episode. Sam there Kirk. Were, we uh, <laughs> there are rumors we are going to see a young Kirk someday, as well as a young Scotty, a young Sulu. A, so it's all going to be happening. But yeah, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, I think, is a big, big hit in my mind, and uh, they've already renewed it for season two. Very, very nice. excited. Uh, that show, of course, is on Paramount Plus, and I don't know. I think that's a show you might see on CBS television, probably in the summer. I would bet because it's getting good. It really is getting positive reviews. It's very family friendly. I feel like you know CBS did that with their first season of Discovery, so there's a chance you'll get to watch this show oh, for wow. free on CBS at some point. That's my belief. Nice, good call. Well, now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? What are they doing to us? Well, uh oh, what, what now? With <laughs> it's sunny, it's summer started, and all these movies and shows, and they want to keep me inside. Oh, <laughs> so true. <laughs> Remember back in the day when summer was just the wasteland of like no programming? Right, that's when you finally got the VHS or the DVD to come out and you could watch it at night, maybe. But no, they're they're making us have to go to the theaters again and watch all these awesome shows. Am I really complaining about this? I know, yeah, right, okay, here we go. What about all my re-binging? I can't do any (laughs) re-binging. Yeah. Yeah, you have to just normal binge. Like, I still haven't been able to, like, binge watch Witcher 2. Oh, damn. Like, it's that bad. 
That being said, we do have a whole array of movies that are coming out this weekend and a few shows to keep an eye on for this week. Okay. Uh, one of them is, a th- it's an anime. Okay. I didn't know they were doing this. And this, I was an anime club in high school. Didn't really get into too many, but this was probably my number one or number two. Oh, wow. Really? And it's a series called Fruits Basket. Oh, okay. Never so, heard of it. So Fruits Basket, uh, the OG one, it had it was a manga series and it was a uh, it was a short TV series. I wish it was longer because they kind of had to stray away from the the mangas because the mangas kept going. The series did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, Fruits Basket, you follow a girl named Toru Honda who she's an orphan, kind of living on her own, and she kind of meets up with two like classmates uh, named Yuki and Kayo and. They become friends and they're like, oh, you should come live with us. The thing is, Yuki and Kayo, their family, uh, and then Soma is their other uh, relative, their whole family has this, not not necessarily a curse, but their magic. Okay. And the magic is, uh, so each generation uh, has 13 Chinese zodiac animals. Okay. So oh. each, like, each one of them or of the 13, each one is a different animal. So whenever they become really stressed or weak, like sick or anything, or if they're embraced by someone of the opposite gender, they will turn into this animal. Oh, oh my gosh. It's kind of like uh, what turning red is. Yeah, kind of. Okay, fair. Wow. Uh, and they it says 13. I know there's typically 12. I believe it was Yuki, one of the two cousins. They One of them is a cat. Cat is an original uh, Zodiac character the story goes that like the the cat was told by the by the rat like oh you got to come at this time go sleep and he missed the party and so he's forever kind of the outcast of the family oh Oh. interesting kind of like the black sheep at that point Mm -hmm. then so it is like all the characters are really sweet and awesome like some of them were kind of bitchy but i really love that series but they aren't going to reboot it or anything like that but they're doing a prequel series like or a movie i should say oh fruits basket uh prelude I should say. Oh, the prelude. Uh, It's not going to be out just anywhere. It's going to be in uh, Japanese. So if you do find it like a funky theater, uh, you may be able to get it dubbed. Okay. Yeah, just um, a subtitled version at that point. But if you're a huge Fruits Basket fan, this is probably going to be for you. Nice. Got to feel like Netflix will pick that up if nobody else does at some point. Or at least some uh, streaming service at this point. We've got so many of them. I would like them to go more in depth in the family. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, one I keep seeing ads for everywhere, and I almost want to see it based on his performance in uh, Moon Knight. And this movie is called The Black Phone, starring Ethan Hawke. Oh, dude, you are not going to oh, want to watch this movie. Yeah, it looks oh, creepy. Boy. It is. I, I've heard it is genuine horror. Mm. So, oh, boy. This is, I mean. Uh, no, Vicky. Yeah, yeah. I no, will no, warn Vicky. you on this one. I'm very excited for this. <laughs> but, yeah, this is, you know, like, yeah, get your stuffies and watch it during, like, bright daylight, maybe. She's not going to do it. No, 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 no As no, much no. as she likes Ethan Hawke, you know, guess what? <laughs> you <laughs> told her the two words. You said whore and or. So, yeah, she's not doing it. So apparently this is being directed by a, the guy who directed Doctor Strange, and he also helped... Uh, Sam uh, Raimi? No, 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 the first Doctor Strange. Oh. He's a director oh, okay. and screenwriter. He was an executive producer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So if that kind of gives you a vibe, you know it's going to be a little little weird. Oh, he also did The Exorcism. He was a director and writer for Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. Oh, and this okay. is this Scott is, Derrickson. Yeah, this is hearkening uh, back a lot to that. Essentially, he's <laughs> Ethan Hawke plays this, like, I, I guess, super. I don't even know if he's supernatural or anything I like can, that. I can read the thing if you'd like. Please do. 
Uh, so Finney, a shy but clever 13-year-old boy, is abducted by a sadistic killer and trapped in a soundproof basement where screaming Ooh. is of little use. No. When a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring, Finney discovers that he can hear the voices of the killer's previous victims. And they are dead set on making sure that whatever happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 86% on the tomato meter as of right 86? now. 86? Really? 86. Wow. For a horror movie? Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for it. Oh, um, uh, and Vicky, are you still? No, she's no. not. Into it. Uh, there is a one, that, a horror movie on this list for this weekend that I am intrigued about simply because of what it's called or oh. what, what it's about. Okay. Uh, I do want to give a quick mention, though. Elvis does come out this weekend if anybody is a. Uh, yep. Oh, right. And it does have Tom Hank and Austin Butler. Austin B- Butler from uh, Shannara Chronicles, if you remember him. Oh, yeah. That's so, where I knew that mm-hmm. dude. Oh, man. He looks I very different could... when he's not blonde. It doesn't have the elf ears. You're right. <laughs> oh. Right, Only when Austin, he has the Elvis ears. Right. <laughs> uh, and another one, just because I need a, a little break in between the horror scary stuff. Uh, <laughs> but uh, have you guys ever heard of Marcel the Shell with shoes on? Is this a kid's thing? Oh, kind yes. Of. Okay. Yeah. It's voiced by Jenny Slate. I think she wrote the original like back in like 2010, 2011. They came out with it and it won like in Sundance Awards. Oh. Uh, it's, it's like it was a YouTube thing they, that she was doing. Created a movie. It got super popular, but apparently they're coming out with it like a new version, I guess, because it's the same name as the old one. I did see a trailer for mm. this. It, it's like. If I remember correctly, stop motion animations, yeah. like a little shell with an eye, and it's Jenny Slate's adorable, you know, cutesy little kid voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like super popular on the internet, and I think this is just them coming back with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks super, super cute. Like literally, like a tiny shell who goes out into the big world to find tiny. more, more, more of its shell family. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Freaking is was it Isabella Rossellini's in it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm going to go to the theater to watch it, but once it comes out, I'll definitely ch- uh, give it a, give it a watch. Mm-hmm. The one that okay, so this is the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is called Flux Gourmet, getting 85 percent on Rotten Tomatoes as of right now. 26 okay. reviews, so that, all, all right, right. that's all a right. decent score. Um, it has As- Asa Butterfield in it, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, all right. Okay. I, li- I, li- I like it. I like Asa or is Asa, however he says his yeah. name. I like him from Sex Education. That works. <laughs> I should probably read what the Rolling Stones kind of said, the, you know, the little title. Okay. Flux Gourmet is one effed up four course meal of gastro horror. Uh, oh. Cult yeah. director Peter Strickland delivers a hallucinogenic mix of culinary performance art, group sex, public colonoscopies, and the joy of kinky cooking. Consider yourself warned. Uh, Whoa. Wow. Okay. You had me at Gwendolyn Christie, mm-hmm. and then you lost me with that one. Whoa, that's yeah. a that's a wow. This is this seems like one of those very extreme horror grotesque. I mean, yeah, wow. Eighty five percent though. I mean, yeah. they, they they find some value in it. <laughs> There's another article that said something like it has everything. It's got orgies, uh, food and poop or something. And I was like, oh, all right, yep. Uh, Thanks for letting me know uh, about that. Now I'm out. Yeah, maybe. extra out. Maybe maybe not for you. Mm, wow. Yeah. The guy who directed this apparently also directed a. Uh, was it Bjork Biophilia Live video or whatever movie? Wow! So he's he's in it with uh, Bjork. All right. So kind of uh, gives I you wonder, an idea. Yeah, it's still at eighty five percent. You're like, what? Well, do, do we have an audience rating yet? No, not yet. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks really, okay. really weird. Yeah, right. I mean, 
I'm sure we've got some horror fans out there who can maybe let us know how that one goes. Is, is it a horror movie? Yeah, that's what it says. Oh, Comedy, right. drama, horror. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, just, um, I guess. Uh, all right, then. We'll have to. Please let me know, because it's, it's, I don't want to necessarily watch it, but I want to know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, mm, maybe maybe I'll look up the synopsis or something on the old wiki or something. Uh, okay. If that's not your jam, remember that Westworld comes out this weekend, Sunday. Oh, oh gosh. Yes. Another show. I know. Damn! Wow. And I, I mean, I, I, great, I but I know, at least it's week to week. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no right. pressure. Unlike everything else we got going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, until next time, guys. Stay nerdy. <laughs>